Hello, and welcome to Knowledge Transfer, the podcast where we turn you on to new ideas, theories, and content to stimulate your intellect and give you something to think about. Facilitating self-improvement is one of the main goals of this podcast, and any conversation about self-improvement must include habit building. It's cultivating good habits that we can progress closer to our best selves. Today, we're going to cover the science behind building habits, what some of the best habits to adapt are, and how best to be successful in building and sticking with those habits. So to start off, we kind of have to define our goal, and our goal in this is just improving our life, making it better by adopting uh, new ways to live, new things to do that are just intrinsically going to add value. So strengthening willpower and forming keystone habits, these are the two things we're going to focus on today, and these things really cascade into a lot of other good habit building. So this is one of the best ways to start that ball rolling on making improvements in your life. And not only will the habits that you're building that we're going to suggest here be beneficial in and of themselves, they're going to have a lot of other aspects that they will improve, such as confidence to to start and try new things or confidence in your ability to learn. So when we're making a change, normally this is very hard to do. Doing things outside of our daily routine take a lot of willpower. For example, if you don't often go to the gym or diet, even if you're pretty motivated to do it, it's it's hard to stick to that change. Think of how many New Year's resolutions you actually get done. They say about 8% of people are able to hold their New Year's resolutions for a full year. The other flip side of that coin is the things that you normally do are very easy to keep going. So think of things that you do right after you get home from work or in the morning when you wake up. And these could even be bad things like coming home and turning on the TV and and vegging out or uh, in the morning hitting the snooze button. So what we learn from that is habits make things easier And in order to overcome your habits, you need some willpower. And what studies have shown recently is that willpower is a lot like a muscle. You have kind of a set amount of strength, and the more you use it, the more your willpower gets weaker. But you can also train willpower. You can, by using it more and more, you can actually have stronger willpower that will grow day by day. This is one of the big reasons that we want to build good habits is we have a limited amount of willpower. We can't just will ourselves to go to the gym consistently. We can't just will ourselves to to diet consistently. We really need to create a structure where we're building a good habit and using that willpower effectively to start that habit going. And then once it's established, it won't take a lot of willpower to do and it'll become very easy to keep it as part of our routine. So... What exactly are habits? We talked a little bit about the importance of building them, but it's important for us to actually know what they are. Habits are basically anything you do automatically, uh, and they follow this simple structure. You have a cue, you have the routine, and you have the reward. Now, the cue is whatever signals to the brain to start the routine. So, for example, if you take a shower every time you wake up, waking up in the morning and hitting your alarm, that might be your cue that, okay, I have to get ready for the day. I'm going to go take a shower. And then maybe your reward, you know, to feel really good and woken up and revitalized. And the cool thing about this cue routine reward is we can actually put in our own reward. So when we're building good habits, 
the reward of that habit doesn't need to be the intrinsic value of doing that thing. It can be literally, uh, you know, if you go to the gym, you get a massage afterwards, or if you diet consistently, you allow yourself to watch episode of your favorite TV show. Another thing to keep in mind with habits is you really can't unlearn habits. Your brain kind of stores that loop because, you know, once it kind of understands that loop of cue routine reward, when it sees that cue, it kind of feels like it's going to get that reward. So it, it wants to run that routine. So it's very hard to get rid of bad habits, but we can replace them with good habits. We can, you know, if we have that same cue and we know it's going to lead to a bad habit, we can use that cue in place for a good habit that we want. And then the other thing is if we are looking, if we're doing a bad habit for a certain reward, so say for example, we're binge watching TV because we want to relieve stress, we can find other ways to relieve stress that are good. So like going to the gym and working out. So as we've kind of seen, the power to change relies a little bit on willpower. But if we're going to be smart, we want to make sure that we're not relying solely on willpower. We're actually creating a situation where it it's easier to make the decision to do the, the habit, to, to adopt the good habit. So there are six factors in determining how successful you will be in adopting a good habit. And these are, the first one is the desire to change. So this is your personal motivation. How much do you want this? And usually this is a pretty easy bar to hit. Um, but there are situations where, you know, people don't really want to give up watching their favorite show or they don't really want to give up eating ice cream. Um, you really have to want that thing. And, you know, there's a lot of tricks to this being very mindful of the reward and writing down your motivations for doing it. Um, the next is the ability to change. So how knowledgeable are you about what it will take to make this change? So for example, if you're going to go on a diet, knowing how to diet, um, what good foods to eat, what bad foods to stay away from, when to eat during the day, how much you should eat, all these little bits of knowledge, the more you know, the more likely it is you're going to adopt a good habit. The third thing is social motivation. So these are the people in your life and how much they're encouraging you to actually make a change. If you have, you know, say you're a smoker and you have a lot of friends who are smokers, it's going to be very hard to change because you're, you know, you're going to have those people in your life who are saying, oh, you know, you know, come have a cigarette with me or something like that. But if you're a non-smoker or if you, if you are a smoker and you have a bunch of non-smoker friends, that might be a lot easier because then they might be encouraging you. Or if you have friends and family members are saying, hey, you should really quit smoking, that's going to make it easier for you to quit. Um, social ability. So this is the fourth thing. It's basically the people in your life who can give you advice on how to do that. So if the second one was personal ability and what you know, social ability is what other people know and what knowledge they can share with you that's going to help you quit. So having like a coach or someone who um, gives you advice, like going to the gym and having a personal trainer, this is someone who's going to be socially motivating and they're going to give you great social ability because they're going to teach you how best to train yourself. The fourth thing is the rewards and incentives or the structural motivation. 
So these are the things that you build into your habit adaptation to incentivize you to do these things. So as I talked earlier about, if you go to the gym, getting a massage afterwards, or if you follow your diet that day, at the end of the day, you get to watch one of your favorite episodes of Netflix. And the final thing is controlling your space or the structural ability. Basically, this is the thing that makes good behaviors easy and bad behaviors hard. So for example, if you are dieting and you get rid of all of the ice cream in your house, you've just made breaking your diet a lot harder for you to do. If you want to go to work out every day and you buy a really nice pair of running sneakers and you put them next to the door or something like that and make it very accessible and easy for you to get those running sneakers on and get up and go in the morning, then that's another way that you're controlling your space and making your good behavior easy. All right, so now we have an understanding of kind of what habits are, you know, what the different factors are that you can kind of include to make the, make it easier to follow. And now I want to get into what are the three most important habits that you can adopt. And these are called keystone habits. And the reason they're called keystone habits is because if you are able to adopt these habits, other good habits will cascade from them. So I'm going to go over them right now. The first one is reading. And hopefully this makes a lot of sense, pretty self-evident, that if you're reading consistently, you're absorbing knowledge. And so you can find a lot of interesting things to read about. This encourages you because you're, you're also reading about other people who have done great job in self-improvement. So it's, it's motivating you. It's keeping you interested. Usually reading is pretty intrinsically enjoyable. <clears throat> reading is a great keystone habit to have. Um, the next one on our list is fitness. So and this could be any type of fitness. This could be running, lifting weights, um, yoga. The important thing is fitness is a great keystone habit because once you adopt fitness, you start to feel better. You start to feel more energetic. You start to feel more aware and awake and alert through the day. And so this helps you to do well in all the other parts of your life. The other big part of fitness is most of the time people that take on fitness habits will also start to practice a healthy diet uh, because they don't want to lose the gains that they're getting. So that's another big reason that fitness is a keystone habit is, is it, all, it already very quickly cascades from working out to working out and dieting. And it is also one of the best habits for seeing and feeling your reward. After you go to the gym and, and you're getting your pump on or you got all those endorphins. It's it's very easy to have that reward be pretty evident. And the last keystone habit that we have here is meditating. Meditating is teaching you how to control your thoughts and your focus. It is the most direct way to strengthen your willpower. And this spills over into other areas of your life and allows you to build and maintain more habits. Uh, meditation is also one of the hardest habits to stick to. So if you're successful, this means that you'll really have developed uh, your willpower a lot. And, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about meditation. I've personally started to meditate a lot, and I find that it really helps me. 
I highly recommend meditating if this is um, something that interests you. So, we've talked about the keystone habits. Um, Now I want to talk to you a little bit about some good strategies for keeping these going. So we talked about the different areas that will help you because that's a big thing. I think a lot of people, when they first start habits, they think, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll just go to the gym every day and I'll have the willpower to do that and I'll make it work. But if you make it easy for yourself to go, if you're motivated, if your friends are motivating you, if you're learning about it, these all, all these things really help to make sure that you're going to be successful. So we're going to talk about some of those strategies. So the first one here is researching and planning. The more you know about the habit that you're trying to adopt, the easier it's going to be for you to do that. And I'm going to take this opportunity to kind of give a little bit of a shout out. I've taken a lot of the research that I've done here from this YouTube channel called Improvement Pill from their tamed course and the guy who does improvement pills does a really great job of breaking a lot of this stuff down so if this is something that interests you and getting into habits and and adopting these keystone habits is something that you think you might be interested in doing i really highly recommend doing some of your research over at improvement pill on their tamed course so researching and then the other big part of that is planning Um, we want to make sure that our plan works for us. Um, talked a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit more about what exactly that means, but basically not everybody's plan will work for you. You've got to be able to adapt your plan to fit your schedule as it exists already. And then, you know, another big thing to kind of talk about broadly early on is to learn and adapt. People worry a lot when they start dieting or start going to the gym that, If they miss one day, they're going to have completely failed. But really, one miss isn't really going to set you back. They've done a lot of studies about, you know, when people are uh, adopting habits, how effectively they're adopting their habit if they miss a day or if they miss a few days. And really missing one day doesn't have a large effect on how quickly it is to adopt a habit. But if you miss multiple days, that's when you start to have a problem. So it's important that missing one day doesn't turn into missing multiple days, but being able to stay optimistic and say, okay, you know, I had a bad day, but I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to figure out what made it so that it made it hard for me to do it on that day. And I'm going to change and be better the next time. So getting into more specific strategies that you can use. I want to talk about the cues for your habit of choice. And the best thing you can do is find a cue that without fail is going to go every single day. So it can't be something like waking up to the sun because it's not always sunny. But if you want to do something, say you're going to do something after dinner, like you're going to meditate every day after dinner. Well, dinner is something that you should be doing every single day. So it's a lot easier to know that that cue is going to come up. And then another big point with that is make sure the cue is conducive to the habit that you want to form. So for example, if you're going to meditate, probably not the best thing to try your cue being, I'm going to meditate once I get to work because you know, you might have something important that you need to do that day that can't wait. And you, as soon as you get in, you got to do that. Or, the, you know, your boss comes up and asks you to do some work for him. You want to make sure that you're not picking cues that are 
aren't going to always set you up for success. You want to set yourself up for success as much as possible. For example, meditating, you know, in the morning is something that as long as you schedule the time for is very easy to do. And so you, you can say, okay, my cue is I wake up, I take my shower, I get out of my shower and I do my meditating right there on the bed after I get changed. The next strategy that we have here is called the high-low bar. Basically what this does is when you're first doing your habit, it's not so much about how intensely you perform that habit. So for example, if you're going to the gym, it's not about working out for an hour or two hours every day. The most important thing is getting to the gym, going, doing a little bit of working out, doing that consistently every single time. In order to set us up to be successful to do that, we have the low-high bar strategy. And basically what this means is we set a minimum time that we are okay with doing that habit, and then we set a maximum time. What this does is say we're thinking about going to the gym, and our brain says, oh, I don't know if I have enough energy to go to the gym. And your will, maybe your willpower is running low. You made a lot of decisions that day. You can convince yourself to go because... You can say, okay, you know, my low bar is five minutes. All I have to do, go to the gym, do five minutes of working out, and come home. And that's it. And that's very easy to motivate yourself to do. And then maybe your high bar is an hour and a half. And so one of the things that research has shown is that the most difficult thing to motivate yourself for in the habit is actually getting up and going and starting the routine. You know, once you've done that, you've won most of the battle. So a lot of times when you get there and, you know, you start to do the, that five minutes of working out, you get to the end, say, ah, you know, I'm here. I might as well spend another 10, 20 minutes. And then you're motivating yourself for that five minute workout. I actually ended up motivating you for that 15, 20, 30 minute workout. So that's how low high bars work. So in that vein, it's focused on showing up, not how hard you are going to work. And then the last thing that I have here is rewarding yourself. You know, I think that when I first heard about habits and habit forming, you know, I always thought that the habit themselves is the reward and that it has to be intrinsically rewarding. And, and that's what I just needed to remind myself after I finished the habit. It's like, oh, I'm so happy I worked out today or, you know, I meditated today. Good for me. You can find plenty of other ways to reward yourself. And that's really important being able to say, like I said, you know, go to the gym, get a massage afterwards, or meditate for 20 minutes and allow yourself to watch some of your favorite TV show. Always do that thing. That's the other thing is with this, the more you can be consistent on what your cue is, the routine and the reward, the stronger that's going to be kind of drilled into your brain. And that's effectively what we're trying to do is we're trying to really drill that automated loop into the brain. And the more we do that, the stronger and easier it is for us to run that loop. All right, so that is pretty much everything I wanted to say about habits. I know that's a lot to throw at you, but again, um, if this is something that you're interested in, I highly recommend checking out Improvement Pill's Tamed course on YouTube. They, they do a great job of breaking this down and, and it kind of working you through to picking up some of these, these keystone habits. So that wraps it about up for our first ever solo cast of Knowledge Transfer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, I'm very interested in what you as a listener think. 
I am constantly trying to evolve and improve the cast. So if you like to be a part of the development of our cast, feel free to reach out on Twitter. I am at CoachJTKD or Knowledge Transfer Podcast at gmail.com. You can find new episodes of Knowledge Transfer on SoundCloud or Google Play. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. We will continue to provide you stimulating content and interesting theories. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, keep it cerebral. Everybody's at the end of the